Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tungling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and ebook formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. We've got these are all judgments that are taking place in the earth. I'm not going to comment on them too much, just one or two here. But let me just uh, give you a little picture to put down here. If you put down Joshua chapter uh, 4 and 5, I think just the chapters, this is the tremendous picture that you've got. And uh, I believe it's sort of uh, uh, the ultimate of it is here. When uh, Israel, so Joshua chapter 4 and 5, I think that's the, just those chapters. When Israel is about to go in to possess the promised land, God says the first city that was to be conquered was the city of Jericho. Now listen just to the profundity of it. Everyone know what that means? Just the profoundness of it. <laughs> Such a good word. Profundity. You can feel the anointing of the word. Like that. So, so what actually happens is God says to, to the priest, seven priests, are to take seven trumpets and they're to march around the city seven times for seven days but on the seventh day they're to march around seven times which is 13 times altogether then on the seventh day on the last march the seventh time round, they are to blow the trumpet with the ark of the covenant going before them and when they blow the trumpet the city of jericho the walls fell and the kingdoms became Israel. Now in Revelation you see the same things. Seven angels with seven trumpets and at the seventh trumpet when the seventh trumpet sounds the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. Wow. Isn't that an awesome picture? Wow. Yeah. That's it. It's all there. And God is, nothing in Revelation is there that's not already shadowed back in the Old Testament. So John's just saturated with that. So that's the awesome picture that we have. All right, now, what I'd like you to do, trying to think how to cover this, uh, in the diagram I've given you, I'd like you to start, and I'm just going to give you scriptures without too much detail, but sort of uh, bring you along there, and then we'll touch on the trumpets a little bit here. Okay, so approximately here the diagram I've given you. And this is just uh, what I call the Christian millennial viewpoint. I'll deal with that in another day. So I just basically see seven churches here. So why don't you just put up here, uh, well, maybe we don't have that type of time, but later on, fill in your seven churches there. So seven local churches. So we've got Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, uh, uh, Philadelphia, Laodicea. So you can do that later on. All right, so your seven churches and local, and though they were local, the conditions obtained right through to the end of the age. So it's like a, a, a place, but the condition of that place, that church, just goes right through. Now the seven seals, which we've looked at this morning, whatever. So seal one, and you could put in your, your fill in there, you can do this. Maybe we don't have the type of time here. But the, the going forth of the white horse, then the red horse, and then the, uh, the black horse, the pale horse, the souls under the altar, then the signs and the sun, moon, stars, 
and then the seventh seal. And out of the seventh seal come your seven trumpets. Then once we get to the seventh trumpet, out of the seventh trumpet, we'll have a few more details tomorrow, we'll have the seven, the seven bowls of wrath. So opening at a point of time, just continuing right through the second coming of the Lord, just increasing. So I, I personally think that's a master key. Point of time, period of time, right through to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, going down here, we're, we're going to pick this up tomorrow. Once we get to chapter 8 and 9, so, so Revelation 1 to 3, the seven churches, Revelation 4 to 7, the seven seals, uh, Revelation 8 and 9, the seven trumpets, Revelation 15 and 16, the seven bowls. So they are your major seven. Seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven uh, vials or bowls of wrath. They're your major sevens. There's lots of other sevens, but they're the major ones. Now, you'll notice down, so we're just sort of getting a panoramic view where I'm going in preparation for tomorrow. Revelation chapter 11. Oh, no, sorry. Revelation chapter 10. I'm going to make the statements now for a look at it later on. Revelation chapter 10, Daniel, uh, I mean, sorry, John eats the book of, uh, book of Daniel. So Revelation 10, he eats the book of Daniel. How do I know that? The moment he eats the book of, uh, of Daniel, he starts prophesying about three and a half years, three and a half years, three and a half years, 42 months, time, times, and half a time. Where'd you get that from, John? I got it from Daniel, Kevin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> then... I find in Revelation chapter 11 the first mention of the beast. Revelation 19, the last, uh, almost the last mention of the beast. And these chapters, Revelation 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, right through to 19, there are about oh, I forget, 35 references to the beast. And this beast has seven heads, ten horns. John, where'd you get that from? Kevin, I swallowed the book of Daniel. Oh, okay. So, in these chapters, we pick up the book of Daniel. That's what we're going to see, particularly tomorrow. Okay, so, seven trumpets, so Revelation chapter 11 through to 18, chapter 19, when Jesus comes and uh, throws the beast into the bottom of the spit, and uh, throws the beast into the lake of fire, that's right. Alright, now down the bottom, the three chapters that deal with three and a half years, I'm going to repeat this tomorrow, Revelation chapter 11, deals with the Jews, three and a half years, not seven. Revelation 12 deals with three and a half years, the church, not seven years. Revelation 13 deals with three and a half years, not seven, the world. So they're pivotal chapters, so just wanted to give you the big picture. Revelation chapter 19, Jesus comes the second time. Most expositors have agreed on that part at least. Revelation chapter 20, we have a period of a thousand years where Satan is bound. Then Revelation chapter 21, 22 gives you a picture of the new Jerusalem, new heavens and new earth. So I just say to people, look, this is how I see Revelation. It's just a video. Just leave it unfold. But once you start saying, oh, this should be back here and this part should be under that line. And this little bit should be back. See, hey, your guess is as good as mine. John is just seeing the video. He's just seeing church history. He sees a period of three and a half years. He sees a period of a thousand years. 
then he's taken to eternity, new heavens and new earth, new Jerusalem. So how many think it's good just to leave the book as it is? That's, this to me is the simplest of all the... I mean, you should see the char char I've got at home. I mean, the sewer fish eat them and die. <laughs> they are so shocked, the sewer fish readers are. I am so confused. Sewer, the sewer fish have never eaten my char. <laughs> so I put my balls on. <laughs> so I say, leave it alone, leave it alone, let it just unfold. Alright, so I thought I'd give you that chart. How many really appreciate that chart? Yes. Even if you don't agree, at least you appreciate it, because that's what I was doing. <laughs> so, now let's go back to just our last few moments here on a uh, little bit on the, um, on the trumpets. Let's find that part. is that uh, in the first trumpet, so these are trumpets of judgment, that's what I want you to pick up, so trump trumpets of judgment in the earth, so the first trumpet uh, is hail and fire mingled with blood. Now most of these trumpets here uh, are repetitions of the judgments that took place in Egypt. When Moses and Aaron went down to Egypt, uh, you'll find a lot, a lot of the plagues, if you see, turn, turn over to Revelation chapter 15. Revelation 15. Alright, Revelation chapter 15, anticipating here. Uh, and in verse 1 it says, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, uh, which are the, the wrath of God, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Here's the point I want to draw to your attention. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Okay, now tomorrow we're going to be uh, getting into Revelation chapter 11, 10 and 11 and so forth. And I personally believe that uh, Moses is one of the two witnesses here. And uh, one of the things that we sort of confirm that along with what we look at in chapter 11 is that most of the plagues that took place in Egypt are plagues that fall on the earth. So they're just repetitions of what's already happened in the book of Exodus. So plague or the first trumpet is just a repetition of that because in Egypt there was hail and fire that was sent and the waters were turned to blood. Uh, the second trumpet is a burning mountain. Uh, most expositors on this uh, that are sane and sensible, I'd say, they see this as a meteorite that strikes the earth 
and has effect on the, on the earth. And then the third trumpet, trumpet of judgment, is a star wormwood. Again, a lot of expositors see this as a, another meteorite that affects the waters of the earth and turns them bitter. So forth. So just like the waters in Egypt were turned bitter or turned to blood. And then you'll notice again in uh, the fourth trumpet, a repetition of signs of the sun, moon, and stars. And as I said before, if you haven't already picked this up, uh, a third, a third, a third. The word a third is used about 12 times under the trumpet. So what I see here is that there's certain uh, judgments under the seals, but under the uh, trumpets there's an increase of judgment to a third. But once we come to the bowls of the wrath of God, the fullness there, and it touches more the whole earth, not just parts of the earth. It's just uh, increasing. So that's why I don't see them as uh, repetitious. So again, signs of the sun, moon, and stars. A third of the sun was dark, and a third of the moon, a third of the stars. And, and I believe that these things only happen for a period of time, not, not a long time, because if the sun was darkened for 24 hours, we'd be dead meat. If the moon and the stars, if they were affected, the planet Earth, we'd, we'd be dead meat. So it's just a sign for a short period of time. It's in that period of time, but it's a sign. So all these signs, because Jesus said, when you see the signs and the sun, moon, and stars, look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. So we see signs in the sun, moon, and stars under the sixth seal. We see signs in the sun, moon, and stars under the fourth trumpet. And we see signs in the then the sun, particularly under the fourth uh, bowl, of, uh, bowl of Ruach. So, repetition of signs. And remember way back in Genesis, God said when he created the sun, moon, stars, he said they were for signs, and for days, and for years, and for seasons, and for months. So, uh, there's signs there. And, uh, and it's uh, another very interesting study on itself to uh, just go through uh, creation, what happened in... Uh, in creation in Genesis chapter 1 and uh, chapter 2 and we have uh, certain things that happened in these days day 1, day 2, uh, 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7 and then the seventh day was rest and we see God creating certain things well it's an amazing uh, contrast when you get to uh, Revelation how God touches uh, certain things say under the on, on the fourth day God created the sun and the moon and the stars under the fourth trumpet and the fourth bowl God touches the sun moon and stars uh, under the, on the sixth day we find God created beasts and he created man so the number of man and the number of beasts is six well, when you get to Revelation 13, we find the man who is the beast, and his number is 666. When you get to the seventh day, God separated the seventh day, it was rest. So when you come to the end of the seventh seal, the seventh trumpet, the seventh bowl, it brings you the seventh day, rest, millennial rest. So, uh, you know, we may forget the Bible, God doesn't, he's got it all there. So as it was in the beginning, so a lot of things the same in the end. Alright, now turn to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. And you'll notice that there is a similar pattern, just an increase in intensification of it. So trumpet 1, 2, and 3 all affect the earth. Either the trees, the earth, the sea. The ones that are not hurt, in fact, 
the word hurt uh, is used um, like in chapter 9, don't hurt the grass, chapter 9 verse 10, uh, those that were unsealed were hurt, Revelation 9, 15, hurt, and uh, then another word is torment. So let's go to Revelation chapter 8 and verse 13. After these trumpets, so please note the same effect I gave in the circle, they touch earth, trees, waters, rivers, uh, grass, uh, then it moves to heaven, touches the sun, moon, stars, atmosphere, and then in Revelation 8:13, uh, he separates the first four from the last three. And so it says, And I looked, and I heard an angel. Most expositors see that word angel is literally an eagle, an eagle saint, not an angelic being, but an eagle saint. And some writers uh, express that, that that is a picture of Enoch, flying in heaven, but this uh, angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now the last three trumpets, trumpet five, six, and seven, five and six, they move to the spirit realm. So this is what I want you to pick up. Under the trumpets, there are judgments that affect the earth, and then under the trumpets, there are judgments that affect the atmospheric heaven or the sun and moon and stars. Then it moves from this now under trumpets five and six, it moves to the demonic realm. And so it goes to the bottomless pit. So earth, so it's like I did before. We'll touch earth, we'll touch the heavens, okay, touch this. Finally it touches man. So that's uh, God's judgments. Alright, so the the uh, three woe trumpets. Uh, the fifth trumpet is the first woe. You've got this in your notes, I think. And the sixth trumpet is the second woe. Then we again we have parenthetical visions between sixth and seventh trumpet, just like under the sixth and seventh seal. And then the seventh trumpet is the third woe. That's the picture that we have. Now go to chapter 9 just for uh, several thoughts here. In chapter 9 and verse 1, the fifth angel sounded, so these are all trumpet, uh, uh, judgment trumpets, that's the main thing. The fifth angel sound, I saw a star fall from heaven. Difference of opinion on that, and I'm not totally settled. I put in the text uh, several different views on that. Star fall from heaven, a fallen star. Lucifer is referred to as a fallen star. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, O day star? So a fallen star. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So Jesus has the keys of death and hell. He said, I'll give to Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. But now we've got the key of the bottomless pit. Now, as I understand this, uh, and I'm not, not a, no artist by any, any means, um, but... This is how I see the underworld, but here we have like the planet Earth, and uh, in, 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 in the spirit realm, because the fifth and sixth trumpet are dealing with the demonic realm now, it's like this is like Earth, and we have the bottomless pit, which is a shaft. It's the abyss, uh, like a shaft into the Earth, and then over here, uh, you have Hades or Sheol, Sheol in the Old Testament, Hades in the New Testament, 
And that was a person, or that is a person for unredeemed human spirits. When a person dies, unbeliever, unredeemed. Then we have another prison only referred to once in uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, referred to as Tartarus, translated hell. And that seems to be a prison in the spirit realm for fallen angels. Because angelic spirits separated from human spirits in two different jails. Then we have the BP, the bottomless pit here, or this abyss into the earth, which seems to be the realm of demonic. That's the whole picture. Then later on, anticipating here, when the great white throne judgment takes, we're told that death and hell, death for the body, Hades for the soul, death and hell are cast in the lake of fire, and I believe that this whole earth later on actually becomes the lake of fire or Gehenna, the final hell. So we have three different hells uh, referred to in the New Testament, and we just need to distinguish between them. So Sheol, Hades often translate hell, Tartarus translated hell, Gehenna translated lake of fire, or hell, bottomless pit, the abyss. Now, so I said all that, that this angel, whoever it is, is given the key of the bottomless pit. And once he opens the bottomless pit, all hell is let loose. So we have these locusts, and we can say they're not natural locusts, because these locusts have a king over them in verse 11. They had a king over them. Proverbs tells us the locusts do not have a king. And then these locusts in verse 8 uh, or verse 4, it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth or any green thing, any tree, but only those men which had not the seal of God. So they're very intelligent locusts. They don't eat green things. <laughs> Contrary to natural locusts, these are demonic. So we have a dis demonic description here of them. Verse 5, it was given them that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented. And you'll notice the word torment is used ten times in the book of Revelation. Ten times. Torment. And we'll see why in a moment. And in those days, men will seek death and not find it. They'll desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And then we have the description of the locust. A little bit of the description just for sheer fun here, is like some of the hippies around. <laughs> Listen to it. Verse 7, the shape of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto the battle, and on their heads like crowns of gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, but they had the hair as the hair of women. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of hippies to me. <laughs> so we have a whole description there. And the king over them, in verse 11, is in the Hebrew tongue of Baden. And he said, very bad. And Apollon, one woe is past. So, torment. Now, in, the, in the, the sixth angel, verse 13, notice again the connection between this and the golden altar. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the, a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. That's the altar of incense that has been touched in chapter 8. So you have to keep connecting things through. And verse 14, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now, frightening implications here, but the river Euphrates was where the Garden of Eden was. It's mentioned twice in the book of Revelation. We don't have to spiritualize it. 
When we get to Revelation chapter 17 and 18, we have the city of Babylon. It's very interesting what Insane Hussein. Sad Hussein. Saddam, very sad. How much he's rebuilt of the city of Babylon. And the river Euphrates that still flows there. And it comes into great prominence. And why is it that in the Six Day War that uh, they did not bomb the rebuilt city of Babylon, what's been rebuilt so far? Only 50 miles from Baghdad. Because there's a lot of significance. And we'll deal with that another day. Euphrates. And here the Bible tells us that there's certain angels that are loosed. Roaming, there's certain angels that are in heaven because chapter 12, Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. But here we have four wicked, wicked, wicked angels that are bound at the river Euphrates where sin entered the Garden of Eden. So having done Euphrates right through the Bible, when Babylon fell, what happened in its history? The medium person soldiers diverted the river Euphrates, came up the diverted river Euphrates bed, found the gates of Babylon, the lead gates left open the first time in history. That night, uh, uh, Belshazzar was slain. All through the river Euphrates. So you've got to keep this in mind. Because God's got it all. God knows the Bible. <laughs> he hasn't forgotten one verse. He hasn't forgotten one word. He's got things running right through from Genesis to Revelation. And listen, and these four angels were loosed, which were prepared for, I'm going to add that word here, a specific hour, a specific day, a specific month, and a specific year. And no need to allegorize it, spiritualize it, way so, oh, well, it's only symbolic, it's only allegorized. Don't do that. What you have to learn to discern in doing, like studies on Revelation, is this literal or symbolic. And Revelation is a blend of literal and symbolic. Both. I've got expositors of friends who allegorize the whole thing away, extreme literalization or extreme symbolization. So no, there's a blend. There's both literal and, and, and symbolic. You've got to, you know, use proper hermeneutics. So I take these as literal, actual four angels that are bound at the river Euphrates because the river Euphrates began in the Garden of Eden. Sin entered there, the serpent entered through the river Euphrates. Here these four angels, and they're bound for a, an exact moment. And they slay a third part of men. People say, oh, it's only symbolic. What's the third part of our population, the world population? And let alone this, you see, if you add this all up, God's judgments in the earth, they say over a third of the world's population by the year, such and such, will be infected with the HIV uh, plagues. They're, they're saying that, not me. Not religious fanatics like me. <laughs> the intelligent scientists are saying that. And Ebola and all these different diseases, they can't cope with them. Well, all these things are in Revelation. And then we have a description of them. Now, let's go to verse 20, the last couple of moments here. The reason this is happening now, you say, why a God who, who is love, but we forget God is holy. God is love, God is holy. And see, I think sometimes we overemphasize the love of God and neglect the holiness of God. If I ask you a question this morning, we just sort of come to a wrap up. 
What is Calvary a revelation of? Is Calvary a revelation of the love of God? How many would say it is? Or is Calvary a revelation of the holiness of God? Both. But which comes first, love or holiness? How many would say love? The answer is holiness. Because God could say, oh, look, I'm love. I know you took a bit, a bit out of the apple tree. So just stay in the garden. Okay. How many would respond to a statement like this? God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. How many think that's a true statement? Hands up. <laughs> sound theology. That's not sound statement. I mean, that's a sound statement. See? So... Mr. Average would say, oh, God loves a sinner. He hates the sin. So when you stand before the Lord, oh, well, I'm love. I, I love the sinner, but I hate your sin. So what I'll do, I'll send your sin to hell, but I'll take you to heaven. <laughs> Can't do it. The real truth is, this is sound theology. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin. But unless the sinner repents of his sin, he's going to go to hell. That's sound theology. So Calvary is not first a revelation of the, of the love of God. It's a revelation of the holiness of God because the reason Jesus is dying there is not he's not dying for love. He's dying because of our sin. Because sin separates us from God. So Jesus was dying there to uphold the righteousness and the holiness of God first. Now having died for us and dealt with sin and God having judged sin in Christ, now God commends his love towards us. And it's first holiness, then love. So we need to have balanced theology because Mr. Abbey said, oh, but God's too kind to send anybody to help God is love. No, okay, back to this as we finish. Verse 20 is the key. Up to this time, the Lord is calling, repent, 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 repent. But something is happening in mankind where verse 20 is the almost one of the worst verses in the book of Revelation and gives a summary. summary. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, repented not. Now from now on, you have repented not, repented not. Never again in Revelation do we have anybody repenting. I'm just saying that because it shows you the seriousness of this period of time before Christ comes. They repented not. They repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not, number one, worship devils. Devil worship, demon worship. And think of the Satanist churches that are just flooding the world. We've got them in Australia. Satanist churches up in the hills praying against us, fasting against us, cursing us. Devil worship. Because the devil wanted worship. Wanted it from Jesus. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you fall down and worship me. Devil worship. Jesus worship from the devil. Devil wants worship. Number two... Worship devils and worship their idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. How interesting to connect that up with Daniel. The image with gold heads, silver, arms, brass, belly, and then the stone, wood, not in that image, but those three, which can neither see nor hear. And then we have the list of these other sins. Neither repented they of their murders, increasing throughout the world, nor of their sorceries, the Greek word for sorcery there is pharmacutus, from which we get drugs, 
makers and enchanters and users of drugs, nor their fornication, sexual immorality, very inclusive word, of adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, and all the whole perversions. And then number, number five here are their thefts, kleptomania, thieving, costing nations billions of dollars. I want you to notice the five most serious sins there. Number one, devil worship. Number two, murder. And we can include in murder millions of babies in abortion, and infanticide, uh, genocide uh, for all people that are trying to introduce it. What do you call that? Um, euthanasia. Yeah, thank you. Euthanasia, murder in so many ways. Uh, number three, sorcery, drugs, enchanters, makers, and users of drugs, and the increase throughout the whole world. Fornication, or inclusive word of all forms of immorality, and thefts kleptomania costing nations billions of dollars. They are the five major sins of the end times. And you notice they repented not, they repented not, they repented not. So why does God bring these judgments? Because man, some, thank God not all, the church is true, some have crossed that line where we repent not. That's why. So when God's judgments on the earth, they will learn that they will, some will not learn. Wow. That's enough for this morning. How many people have learned something this morning? Heavies, heavy, revies. All from the Apostle John. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands to the Lord Jesus. The Heavenly Father. Father, we just stand in your presence in these closing moments. Lord, we just... Uh, we just feel overwhelmed in our spirit, Lord, with the uh, not only the glory of your word, but the fearful things that are coming on the face of the earth. And for those who, who uh, harden their heart against you and do not repent, Father, we just pray that you'll help us as part of your church, the body of Christ worldwide, Lord, that we have a word, we have a message to warn, to sound an alarm to those who do not know you. Lord, that now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Father, I pray once again that this will not just be information to our mind, Lord, but formation of our hearts and of our lives, and that all of us will be the better for what we've received today from your word. Help us, Lord, to be the church in the utmost latitude of that word and to be light in the midst of darkened cities, Father. Help us, Father. So, Father, just let the word fall upon good ground of our hearts as we meditate upon these things, Lord. Just continue to give us an increased hunger and passion for your word, Lord, and not only for the written word, but the written word to bring us to him who is the living word. Amen. Let it be, Father. Let your blessing be upon us as we separate until we gather again. Bless those who gather again tonight for the sessions. Uh, we depend upon the Holy Spirit to quicken us, anoint us, enlarge our spiritual capacity to receive of your inexhaustible word. We thank you once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said Amen. Amen. God bless you real good. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.